You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Still, still here. Couldn't blow away. Healthy alive. Yeah. Was there a tornado? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It was a pretty, pretty intense um, thunderstorm last night. Winds were pretty strong, so I imagine there was probably mm-hmm. a tornado affiliated with it, but not, not around here. Was it man-made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they use their um, harp facilities, and you know, all these conspiracy theories. You know, you, you're already we're we're literally thirty seconds into this. You're already spouting conspiracy theories already. Well, I mean, th- that was what harp was doing was testing to see if they could affect yeah. weather. But uh huh, that's yeah, that's that's a declassified program. It's out there. It's not some conspiracy theory. There's been several books written on it. Uh, okay, I guess if you want to go that way with it, is Joe Biden alive? So. Being as I haven't seen him and shaken his hand, um, I, I can't say whether he is or isn't. But there's a video that came out yesterday mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. he, on the southern lawn, talks to reporters and says he's not going to the border. And uh, well, then I'm, I just like away. to say the reason I I don't think he can go to the border is because I don't think there's a plane to take him there. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The last time that I personally, the last time that I personally saw Air Force One was when Trump boarded it to go to Florida. It was the last time I saw it. Yeah, that would be a, a, a pretty big breach in their protocols if they didn't, you know, if, if they weren't flying around. But the, the thing is, we're not even sure he's left the White House. And the reason we say that is there's a video of him, the, the video we're talking about here, where he talks to reporters on the, on the Southern Lawn. The problem no. with the video... He did go see Abbott last week after the storm or whatever it was. He was there oh, for like a day. Okay. Yeah, he was there for okay. like a day. And he gave that speech in front of that oh, bus. that's right. In that park, yeah, in an empty parking lot. Yeah. That's right. So the, on, up, but up until that point, though, you're right. I think that's the only time he's actually left the White House. Yeah. So um, we see him walking out on the uh, pavement here towards reporters. And about the time he gets up to the reporters, there's one of the boom mics that you can see come into the picture. And it's uh, lightly colored. Very fuzzy. Can't mistake it. Uh, this is on C-SPAN. Three it outlets is, uh, reported it. Three outlets reported it. C-SPAN yeah. put it out. Bloomberg put it out. And the Washington Post all put it out. Washington Post, to their credit, did a different angle. So you can see the yeah. angle uh, that, that's changed. So there's, there's, it's the same shot, but it's at a different angle. So you can still see him coming up. So he comes up and right below the banner uh, that they have up there saying that the White House, South Lawn, you... you see Biden's hand multiple times go in front of this massive uh, boom microphone. Yeah, that doesn't work. That's not physically possible. The perspective and everything, it doesn't work. So either that boom microphone is like the size of a, a basketball and is behind Biden, or that boom microphone is not actually there, or Biden's not actually there. Um, I'm betting. Um, 
I'm betting it's Biden that's not actually there. And the reason I say that is because of the manner he's walking up. And I'm not talking about the the wind direction. I mean, there's other factors involved here that you can see in the other parts of the shot. First of all, he's not wearing a coat. Okay, everybody that's outside is bundled up, right? Secret Service, White House staff, all the rest of it, Jen Psaki and all the rest of them, they're all bundled up wearing coats. Joe Biden's walking out there in his suit jacket. You're not walking outside of the White House from the Oval Office to Marine One when the wind's whipping around out there. Have you ever felt D.C. this time of year? The wind will cut through you like a knife. So you're going to be out there in a coat. So he's not out there in a coat. That's the first thing. Okay, maybe it's just coincidence. Okay, but I find it very hard to believe that a frail old man is out there without a coat. He'd be freezing to death. We've seen him on nicer days with coats with Jill Biden out in a park somewhere with his dogs. So he's not wearing a coat. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing, you can see the screen distortion around him. So like me, for example, right now I'm sitting in front of a green screen. Okay. You obviously can't. I mean, you know it, right? Because yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I see it every day. But you can see it around the outline of me. You can see it, right? You can see a little distortion here. Yeah, you see that? You can see a little distortion here. And especially when you start getting into corners and tight crevices and things like that, like in here, you can see the distortion just it's very subtle because we've got the the settings turned to a certain um a certain level so you can kind of hide it but this one you can see the distortion around it to explain to the listener what what you're looking for is um around the edges on lower uh like lower quality ones you'll see like um sharp edges so where there's a curve you'll see jagged edges and yeah you, you yeah so you look for that on on Biden. Now they're using a higher quality one, so it's a little more difficult to see. But you can see the there's some distortions around him where it looks like they were trying to mask that. The grass around him in the background looks like it's distorted. For example, uh, it, it you can see like a, a almost like a if something was emitting emitting heat almost you know kind of that ripple effect. That's kind of what it looks like here. Uh, in some locations. The other thing is, is as you pointed out, the the wind, you can see the flags in the background. The flags are um, whipping in the wind. I mean, they're, it's windy. And he, when he walks up, his suit coat should have been, should have been flipping around. It, it, it doesn't move. It barely moves when he's walking, right? The, the other thing is when he walks away, the suit coat also doesn't whip around in the wind. You can see someone walking away in the background in a longer black coat and you can see it whipping in the wind his hair doesn't move at all which could easily be explained away and say he's wearing a gel in his hair or something everybody in in my local circle knows that uh when i gel up my hair it does not move it's a lethal weapon it's a joke but then you see the other the other people the other staffers walk out and uh you can see that you know their hair is whipping in the wind you can tell you can see the the difference in that there's not the weird edging around them. There's no giant boom microphone popping up and they're, they're, they're walking in front of, you know, walking through uh, none of that nonsense. And the other thing is, is when you watch the boom mic, if you, you pay attention to it, where does it go? Like he, who, the boom operator would have had to slap people around to pull that through. <laughs> and it just, it just disappears. So it, it my the conclusion on this is either Biden was there and they did some editing and moved him around to make it look like he was further away or closer to the reporters, depending. Um, it's possible that he was closer. And that's why you get the the weird thing with the boom microphone or the boom microphone wasn't there to begin with. And and why why would you say they would do that to the boom microphone? It's possible that they just want to encourage this kind of a thing. Conspiracies. 
um, or, or people to be, analyze these kind of things. And the sole reason to create more chaos, to create more distrust, and that would get the people that are looking for something um, to, to speak up and, you know, ask questions. And then it makes it easier for you to, I don't know, if you have AI that's, that's trying to track someone, you just track all the ones that are speaking out against this. And, you know, it, it makes it easier to, to see who's listening to what. And, you know, so, I mean, there, there's a, I, I can't think of a good reason that this, this, this happened in this video. I can't come up with a good, um, you know, not non, um, oh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for here? Not, uh, not a bad reason. I can't think of a reason that's not nefarious or, or malicious to edit the video like they did. Why do you think the mainstream media would just put it out like that? Like, it seems, it seems rather odd. Like if it's, if it is that obvious, I mean, I'm looking at it and I saw it straight away, right? Last yeah. night, I, as soon as I saw it, I just saw a, a snippet of it and I thought, that's fake. That's fake. Why would why would they put out something that looks like amateur hour? I mean, we could actually, uh, with all due respect, and, and I'm not criticizing the uh, the average uh, amateur out there that's just getting started, but we're not experts in green screen stuff, and we can make it look less obvious than what they did. Yeah, this is this is like blatantly. If they wouldn't have done the the microphone bit, it. I mean, you might be able to pass off. It, it would have been more passable. You, you would have. Okay, maybe maybe it's a crappy camera lens or or the weather or you know because it is looks like it just rained or something. It, it it looks you know you could you could write it off as some you know yeah okay maybe there's something else going on. But because of that microphone bit that boom mic, uh, I can't. I so now it leaves me going. Well, how many times have they lied to us now? How many videos have been altered? It, it doesn't matter. I don't care if it's if if it's something you know just minor. It totally destroys my trust in what's going on now to have an edited video. Whether it was, who's editing it? That's the other thing. This is C-SPAN. Like, why would C-SPAN change it? I mean, th this is supposed to be like the crappy, um, you know, public funded, you, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. not, it's not it's the... C-SPAN. Well, more than that, more than that, I, I want to play the Washington Post angle here too, because that was a different angle. Of, of him walking into the shot. And you can tell it was fake there too, because it shows him coming from the side. You've got multiple sources here that are putting out the same fake video from two different angles. The other the other thing that we didn't bring up uh, that you really notice when, yeah, because he, he cut in that other angle, he even, his hand passes in front of another boom microphone, a different one. The other problem, when, when he leans up and he leans forward to try to hear the reporter asking the question, the frame rate immediately tanks and you see the frame rate go down and it starts stuttering and you can hear it in the voice of the reporter. Now, it could be just the quality of video or something, a feed or something with C-SPAN. But the problem is it starts the minute he leans in about the time that microphone comes into view, it starts stuttering. And then once it's out of view, it stops. Now, we know using the software that we've used, when you have a high detail or, or something with a lot of particles or a lot of bits to it, right? A lot of uh, um, um, detail or resolution on it, it can cause issues. It can cause frame rate dips. It can, you know, it, it, it taxes the CPU a bit more. I don't know, man. It, 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 it kind of leaves me going to that microphone because it's so fuzzy, cause some weird CPU dips. And it's just another sign that this was edited. I don't know. It just, it sketches me out when they're doing stuff like this. And you, this is so clearly fake. Now, 
I, I don't I don't trust I don't trust it now. So that leaves the question back. Let's circle back. Yeah, let, let's circle back to the beginning. Is Biden actually there? It's possible this was a pre-recorded. This like they they asked him the question in the White House uh, or or you know in a studio or something for example uh, or a room they set up as a studio. He did this in the White House and then they just overlaid this outside and he himself didn't actually go um, wherever wherever this uh, you know he's flying to here and then it's just the staff that went in his stead and they played this clipped bit you know like all the reporters sitting there with the the boom mics and all that that may not be that that the entire scene there could be fake and they just did like a little clipped in bit here little little uh video magic to make it look like he was there outside and then they they were catching the staff actually walking out i don't know it, it it's 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 difficult to say i i would need to see the entirety of the video like when he walks out of the Oval Office and walks out and down the sidewalk or, or down the, mm-hmm. the road there, because we don't see that part. He's already halfway down the driveway there or road before he gets up to the reporters. So I don't know. This this is all it's all sketch. It is. But apparently he's not going to the border for whatever reason. Uh, not quite sure why. But um, OK, if you want to show that you're some kind of a leader, well, then get down there and clean up that mess, sir. Uh, that's what I would say. But of course, we're still within the 100 days of nothing to be done. So why not get there if you can? The U.S. military, the head of the U.S. military command dedicated to the operations of south of the U.S. border in Central America, South America and the Caribbean, has warned that it appears that China and Russia are working together against Washington's interest across the region. Really? You, you think? Say. You think so? I, I never would have guessed. What would bring you to such a An astute observation. U.S. military says that China and Russia may be collaborating south of the border. Do you mean to tell me that they might have something to do with the the migrant crisis at the border to try and destabilize the U.S.? Really? I I mean, it's not like we didn't just catch some um, terrorists trying to come through. Uh, Yeah, I got something on that. We'll get to that in a minute. The U.S. Southern Command Chief Navy Admiral Craig Fowler listed China along with transnational criminal organizations. Really? I would argue the Chinese Communist Party is probably the biggest transnational international criminal organization, for sure, without a shadow of a doubt. And you can lump in some Western elites along with that as part of that uh, that consortium. Maybe the as Biden the two, family. The, yeah, the Biden family. As the two biggest threats his forces face in the Southcom area of operations during a press conference on Tuesday. There's a photo here. There's a stock footage here of uh, Uh, of Putin sitting across the table from Xi. And I was looking to see if Biden was actually in the shot, but apparently he's not. But I guess the way they're doing, uh, they're doing video magic at uh, 1600 Pennsylvania these days, they could just uh, crop him in there, right? Why not? Yeah. Biden hasn't talked to them. You know that. It's Kamala, if if anybody. He's he's not in any condition whatsoever to to be sitting down with any any world leader anywhere. He's not in any condition. And, you know, I remember, do you remember the calls we went over of him with the Ukrainian prime minister back when he was VP. Do, do you remember that? Yeah. He seemed on those calls like he was starting to lose it. I mean, he was more coherent than what he is now, but he seemed on those calls like he was starting to lose it. Echoing earlier remarks by his counterpart in charge of the Indo-Pacific Command, Fowler said that China is the greatest long-term strategic threat to the security in the 21st century. <laughs> really? The Chinese Communist Party's insidious 
and corrosive and corrupt influences at work globally and in this region. While I'm glad to see that someone actually understands it, in all fairness, no disrespect to the... Uh, to, to the Navy Admiral, he knows exactly what he's talking about. I wish somebody in the U.S. government, within the, the halls of Congress or whatever, would say the same thing. I wish someone would. Tom Cotton was starting to, and then, of course, he did his little maneuver there on uh, January 6th. We haven't heard much more out of him since then. No. Mm -hmm. He's been pretty quiet, which I'm, I'm disappointed. I, I, was, yeah. I was, like you, I was hoping he was going to be one of the good guys, and now it seems like he's mm -hmm. just another one of the problem senators. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He could have been president. He could have. You could see that they were setting him up for it. And then after he decided the, that he was going to make that choice on uh, on January 6th, well, you cost yourself the oval, sir. He provided a list of actions China has taken in his area of command. Some examples, the uh, Navy Admiral here talking about uh, uh, some of the list of actions that China's taken in his area of command, in his area of command. This is not any other place in the world, right? What they're doing in other parts of the world <laughs> that's that that goes without saying all, all the deals that they're making in all these countries. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some examples include their pursuit of multiple port deals, loans for political leverage. Where have we seen that before? Hmm. Where, where have we seen that before? Vaccine diplomacy that undermines sovereignty. Huh. Does that sound familiar? Maybe hmm. does, that, does that sound familiar at all? Uh, Israel, perhaps some something along those lines. Yeah. State surveillance and the exploitation of resources such as illegal, unregulated, and unreported fishing. Ah, isn't, uh, that's actually something Marty's brought up with the, uh... Yeah, there's a deal that's gone south there with the French on, uh, on the, the fishing deals, yeah. And of course, there's a, there's a deal that's kind of still, uh, a mess with, uh, the European Union and all the rest of it and their fishing, fishing rights and all that stuff. Fowler said China has outpaced the U.S. in vaccine diplomacy and was rapidly developing economic networks and infrastructure projects. Oh, yes, they are. We're too busy dealing with a bunch of idiot politicians to be able to come up with a solution on anything. We don't have anybody that's willing to do anything. All they are is a bunch of deadlocked morons that just want to spend money on pet projects. That's all they want to do. The new infrastructure spending. Oh, yeah, that's going to be four trillion. You watch. That's going to be the four trillion. Beijing, he claimed, is globally engaged and engaged in this hemisphere to further their interest in economic dominance. What do you think the lockdowns are all about? What do you think that's all about? Yeah, I mean, not only that, we, we where have the rest of our government been in this? Like we've been talking about this. China's doing this all over the world. Like they're they're for years going in we've been and talking about this. Yeah. Talking about how they would say, oh, you guys uh, want some help with some, you know, uh, your farming or your, your, your electricity or your whatever. But we'll help you. But we're going to we're going to need those mineral rights. Africa, Afghanistan. Do you, you want to know what we're still doing in Afghanistan? I'll tell you what we're doing. We're providing security for the Chinese. That's what we're doing in there. I'll, I'll be upfront about it. If anyone else is too afraid to say it, I'll, I'll be upfront about it. We're yeah. in there providing security. What's going on two valleys over from where you have U.S. bases and U.S. troops? You have the Chinese in there with excavators, excavating and, and exporting 4,000 kilotons a month of lithium for batteries and electronics mm -hmm. to manufacture. And cobalt. And cobalt. Unbelievable. They hold a global monopoly of 98% on rare earth minerals. You couldn't make it up. You couldn't make it up. As for Moscow... Uh, he went on to talk about uh, Russia. He said that uh, Russia continues to try to spoil and undermine U.S. interests globally. 
and has been especially active in the social media domain. He claimed much of this was disinformation aimed at discrediting the United States. Yeah. Also, the Chinese and the Russians are very heavily invested in Venezuela. Very heavily invested. And why is that? Venezuela holds more natural resources per capita than anywhere else in the world combined. They have more oil than the Saudis, than the whole of the Middle East, if you want to get technical about it. But it's untapped. You know why? Because of socialism. That's why you can't get to it. That's why the people down there are starving, because they don't have access to their own resources. Fowler said that one of the top Southcom priorities is identifying how Washington's top two rivals are actually pulling their resources. Yeah, it should be the West surmounted against the East here. Yeah, that's what it should be. But instead... We've got people that have decided to sell us out and go over there and jump in bed with them. We see and are looking with our fellow combatant commanders at areas where China and Russia may be collaborating. That is a particular focus of ours, and it is a concern where and when we see it. Okay, that's interesting how he said that, don't you think? It almost seems like they're trying to operate independently to identify the threat that everyone else in Washington seems to be ignoring. I mean, I would argue that's their job to identify those threats. I mean, it does seem like they're operating independent, though. But they can't take any kind of action without permissions from the, the people on the Hill. They can't do that. Um, For example, when actually, you had, the, well, when you had the Navy Admiral sitting in Congress talking to Congressman Hank Johnson about putting troops on Guam, you had to take into consideration. I mean, th th there was an ecological problem you had to consider there, right? And that was, of course... Yeah, my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize. So these are things you have to consider, right? Th these are things you have to consider. When you're a Navy admiral and you're sitting there in front of Congress and you're you're asking permission to do such things. You have to consider such crack shots like uh, Congressman Hank Johnson there when he uh, when he gives a response on something about strategic movement. Yeah. And which department is this? Uh, was it a general? Admiral? Admiral Navy. Admiral. OK. Yeah. Uh, what department is he over specifically? He is. In? He's the head of uh, uh, he's the head of the U.S. Southern Command. OK. So, yeah, it would be his purview to to know these. Yeah. I was just thinking because uh, there's a department, we kind of talked about it a little bit, Trump basically authorized, um, which I would assume the authorization would still be there, even though Trump's no longer in office, it, you know, it was, uh, but mm -hmm. basically, I think it was the something like uh, cybersecurity or something like that. Basically, they can take action without Congress. They don't need Congress to to authorize anything they do as mm -hmm. far as cybersecurity. He then identified what now this is interesting because I hadn't read down this far yet. He then identified one venue where China and Russia's interests especially appeared to be converging, Venezuela. Venezuela is one of the most notable examples where at the diplomatic level, they were certainly and continue to be engaged to block any effort at UN solutions or global solutions. Yeah, because I'll tell you why. Because that is a country that is rich in natural resources. That's why they want it. And they don't want anyone else to have access to that. They want to split the spoils for themselves. Of course they do. Both nations have offered support for Venezuelan president Nicolas Maduro, right? which we cut ties with them back in 2019, I believe, because of the uh, deal there. We were backing Juan Guaido. And that was a, yeah, that's, which I think we we're under the assumption that he actually won the election. But Maduro just said, no, sorry, uh, I, I won those. And they took the Dominion machines out in the streets and they burned them. Yeah. Yeah. Gaetas accused Maduro of rigging his electoral victory. Really? 
well, when you throw the voting machines, the Dominion voting machines, I'd like to add, when you throw those out in the streets and you burn them, uh, that kind of, yeah, shows a little bit of guilt. I'm, I might, yeah. Of course, there's no evidence. So you can't, <laughs> just baseless allegations, really. Yeah. Uh, and he garnered international support for his claims from dozens of countries in the region and abroad. During Tuesday's briefing, Fowler said it was Maduro's administration that was illegitimate, and he argued is fully entrenched in Cuba security forces, Russian and Iran and China are all supporting his entrenched reign of power. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beijing and Moscow have also heavily invested in other countries across the region. He noted in his testimony on Tuesday to the Senate Armed Services Committee that the influence of the two powers is growing while our influence is eroding across the Southcom area of operations because we have bumbling, incompetent, compromised people. That's why. China and Russia have no formal alliance, but the two countries have increasingly fostered a strategic partnership based on warming diplomatic, economic, and military cooperation, which in the end, that's going to be against Russia. You watch. The Chinese Communist Party will turn against the Russians in the end. Both countries have complained about the extensive U.S. presence in their neighboring regions of Asia and Europe. Oh, yeah. That's why we still have North Korea, because if that were to come down, and believe me, North Korea could be taken out in a day. If that were to come down, well, that's going to put the U.S. with the South Korean alliance right on China's doorstep. And oh, boy, they don't want that. No, no, no. We can't have that. Well, there, there is a bit of a, a slight problem when it comes to North Korea. If we were to come in and, and clean up, if you will, the problem is, is they have like uh, something like 119 artillery pieces that are within range of Seoul. Yeah, there is that. There would be some. Yeah, there'd be some collateral damage. Yeah, there there would definitely be a lot of casualties there. You know, that's China's junkyard dog. Uh, That's that's all it is. And I feel sorry for the North Korean people. To be fair, I mean, didn't you say that there was a guy that got out uh, like a fisherman or something? He rigged a diving suit and and got Um, out last week or something. Yeah, I don't know if he was a fisherman. He used a diving suit that fishermen use. And oh. he used that to get out. Um, but I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember if he was a soldier or if he was a. I don't remember what position he had. But he escaped and used a drainage pipe to uh, to get through. Man, that's terrible. That that is terrible. In the middle of winter. That's the other thing. That that's oh man. And it, for those that don't know, North Korea has brutal winters. Yeah, yeah. That water had to be frigid. I, I don't know how the guy survived that. Now, both of these countries have appealed to President Joe Biden's administration for better, more stable relations. Yeah, more stable relations. As a matter of fact, Joe Biden just sent a coalition of of representatives from his administration. Of course, he didn't go himself uh, to meet the Chinese halfway in Alaska. I don't know how that meeting went. Do you you know? Uh, I'm actually not sure on on how the meeting went. And I, I honestly, weren't they talking about giving Alaska back to Russia? Or something like that. Well, Wasn't we that can't get back to Alaska. We bought it. Yeah, we we bought it. Yeah, we Sorry. we we did buy it. But the the other thing is, is why would you even give Alaska to Russia anyway? It makes no sense. Give it to Canada if you're going to give it away. But nonetheless, Biden's too busy. He he can't he can't go to those frivolous meetings. He's too busy playing Mario Kart with his granddaughter. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's true. That's true. And, and I mean, putting it on Twitter and, and all that stuff. I mean, all the views that he gets. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman Zhao Lijian previewed on Wednesday the upcoming initial conversation between. Oh, it hasn't happened yet. I'm sorry. Uh, oh. Conversation between top Chinese and U.S. officials set to take place Friday in Anchorage, Alaska. Okay, so I, I was off by a day. Sorry. We hope that through this dialogue. The two sides can follow through on the consensus reached between President Xi Jinping and President Joe Biden in their phone call on the eve 
of the Chinese Lunar New Year, work toward the same direction, manage differences, and bring China-U.S. relations back to the right track of sound development. Doesn't that sound great? Doesn't that sound fantastic? I thought the New Year's already passed. Yeah, but they had the call on the eve of the New Year. Oh, the call. Okay. Do you really believe for one minute that Joe Biden had a phone call with Xi Jinping? You mean President Kamala Harris? Yes. I'm sorry, did I say Joe Biden? I'm somewhere in my manners. I'm sorry. (laughs) But he also accused Washington officials of attempting to, quote, sway public opinion in the run up to the dialogue in an attempt to pressure China. Oh, we wouldn't want to do that. A move he argued was futile and doomed to fail. Hmm. Moscow's embassy in Washington, meanwhile, countered what it called groundless accusations, right? Well, we guess we moved on from baseless accusations. We're on to groundless accusations now. In a recently released U.S. intelligence report claiming that the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, attempted to undermine Biden's chances of victory in the 2020 election if they hadn't pulled off that spectacular act that they did, you can bet that they would have been hammering Russian involvement all the way through. Why is it that election fraud only seems to work one way for the media. Why is that? What? There, yeah. There's no what? Well, election fraud can't go another way. You can't have international interference from from another side. What? It doesn't work like that. So it only goes no. one way. Yeah. No. No. The Democrats are too. They're 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 too genuine. They're too moral and just to do uh-huh. something like that. They would right. never <laughs> cheat in an election. Right. The embassy, the Moscow, excuse me, Moscow's embassy in Washington released a statement. They said, we state that Washington continues to practice megaphone diplomacy (laughs) with the main, (laughs) you couldn't make it up, megaphone diplomacy, yeah, with the main goal to maintain a negative image of Russia, the embassy said in a statement, to blame external players for destabilizing the situation inside the country. I would argue that those are the running dogs in the media. If you really want to put a blame to somebody, go ahead, put it to them. They were the ones saying it for four years. Don't put it to the last administration because it certainly wasn't them. They were the ones that were under attack by that the entire time that they were in there. I mean, what do you want me to say? The statement said that the U.S. policy stood in the way of productive relations between the powers. Well, stood in the way of it. Uh, you see, the U.S., they're just in the way. Yeah, we got to get them out of the way. This attitude of the administration hardly corresponds to our proposed equal and mutually respectful expert dialogue in search of solutions to the most pressing issues. <laughs> Washington's, Washington's actions do not lead to the normalization of bilateral relations. Boy, these are good, good PR people. I have to give it to you. That's pretty astute writing. I, I like that. Four migrants, since we actually started that with uh, with the border, and of course the Navy Admiral there expanded, you know, the commander of Southcom, uh, sharp guy, sharp guy, especially the points he's taking. I mean, that right there, that just, that makes me feel a little bit better after everything we've been screaming about here for the last three years, is that the Navy Admiral put it to the Senate saying exactly what we've been saying for the last three years. And I feel a little bit better about that now, don't you? A little bit. Yeah. I feel a little bit better about it. At least somebody out there in the military knows what's going on. The, the, the problem is, is it still has to go through Congress. There is that. Four migrants with names on the terror watch list have been picked up at the border since October. Oh, only four. Only four. Only four. Okay. Okay. See, it's not a problem. We, we, we only had four. Right. Well, that's the only four that we've caught. Only four that we've caught. Right, right. So it's totally not a problem. I mean, it wasn't like it was just like, what was it, four that did the 9-11? I think it was, well, four four that we knew of, but like there was, I think there was like 12 in total or something. But most of those guys were from Saudi Arabia. Just just saying. Uh, 
how many were on the plane? Well, that, that's specifically what I was talking about on on just one plane. Oh, on one plane, yeah. I, I think it was. I, I think it yeah. was four. Yeah. But either way, yeah. Point point is, we don't know how many got through. We only caught those. That's I don't know, kind of what we've been saying the entire time. We need border security because we don't know who's coming through. But when your goal is to destroy America, you know. You, you want everybody to come through, including of course those you do. You you want to give ones. you want to give equal opportunities, Bruce. You want to give equal opportunities. We have a humanitarian challenge down there that all of us need to help with, right? All of us yeah. need to help with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, a humanitarian challenge brought on by climate change, brought yes. on by pollution yes. from you know, yes. humans. Yeah. Yes. Four foreign nationals whose names match those on the terror watch list have been stopped trying to enter the U.S. via the southern border since October. To be fair here, you can actually have your name on, like, for example, the no-fly list, and you've not done anything wrong. Granted. Granted. That's, there's no argument there. Yeah. But, I mean, nobody knows how you get on that list to begin with, and nobody knows how you get off of it. You just kind of get put on there. And we actually, I think... I think Rand Paul actually got put on that thing once by accident or something, didn't he? I was a senator. I don't remember if it was Rand Paul or, or not, but it took the senator like six months to get off of it. A sitting mm-hmm. senator. Well, there's also been cases of like eight-year-olds being put on that. They get to the check-in or the, the security point with their, their kids, right? The parents, you know, whatever. They, the kids get to the security checkpoint with their parents and the TSA is like, sorry, we can't let you through. You're on a, a no-fly list. Who is? Uh, your son down here, the little eight-year-old. How's that even possible? As an agent, as a TSA agent, how are you going to sit here and go, an eight-year-old? Like, how are you going to pipe up and and tell the family, sorry, you can't go because you're eight-year-old? Well, let's have a look at these fine, upstanding people that were caught down at the border, shall we, that were on the terror watch list. Mm -hmm. The informant, who was... uh, a congressional aide who was familiar with uh, customs and border protection uh, information. The information shows that three migrants from Yemen and one from Serbia were picked up at the U.S. Bo- U.S. southern border by the Border Patrol since the beginning of the fiscal year in October. The Serbian national was encountered on January 26th amid an increasing surge in migrant numbers in recent months. A customs and border protection spokesman said in a statement that the security efforts at the border are layered and include multiple levels of rigorous screening that allow us to detect and prevent people who pose a national security or public safety risk from entering the United States. DHS works with our international partners to share intelligence with other information, including to prevent individuals on the terror watch list from entering the United States. Customs and Border Protection adjudicates individuals encountered at and between our ports of entry against several classified and unclassified databases to determine if they pose a threat to national security consistent with the law, the spokesman said. I don't believe that in all cases. Maybe it's because they're overwhelmed or whatever, but uh, I, I don't I don't believe that they actually run every single person through to you. I, I don't believe that. No, no. While encounters of known and suspected terrorists at our borders are very uncommon. Oh, yes, it's very uncommon, I'm sure. They underscore the importance of the critical work our agents carry out on a daily basis to vet all individuals encountered at our borders. Again, I don't think they vet every single person coming in. How are you going to vet these people? Explain that to me. I'm looking at this from a logical, common sense standpoint. How do you vet these people? How? I have an investigative background here, okay? And and I'm just going to say, when you vet someone, okay? I've vetted people in the past, okay? When you vet somebody, you have to have a baseline to start with, don't you? That's the first thing you have to do. You have to establish a baseline. Where do they come from? Then you have to look at their connections. A lot of these people are coming from places where they don't even have records, 
How on earth are you going to vet these people that come in, that come from places where they don't have a place where you can establish a baseline for an investigation? It's not possible. It is not possible. I don't buy that line for a second. That's that's exactly what I was going to point out is there's no some of these countries they're coming from. They have no records. There is no paper trail to go back and look at to see where they came from. And do you think they're going to go through the same kind of scrutiny that we go through to where our eight year old, an eight year old can be on the no fly list? Do you think they're going to go through the scrutiny of of vetting every single eight year old that comes through there, for example? Nah, I get more flack at the border when I go back to the U.S. I do. I do. The last time I was in the U.S., I got asked 30 questions before I was even allowed through. The, The thing is, too, this is Every time we see the government do something like this, pass some kind of uh, regulation or some kind of of for your safety nonsense, it always, always affects the law-abiding citizen the most. It's touted as being to protect the law-abiding citizen, but it always ends up with us paying the price. And it, it's the same thing here, right? Or the, the TSA, for example. What we really need the TSA doing is down there on the border vetting those that are trying to come across. And really, maybe maybe a better use of the TSA would be to, to do uh, DNA tests on these kids and the people they come across with. And I don't know, maybe determine that they're the family or not and find out if you can locate the families. Like, Maybe we should have a concerted effort going towards protecting the kids that are coming across the border instead of the nonsense that we have to go through since 9-11, especially with uh, TSA and and airports. All right. So uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy on Monday said during a visit to the border that the Border Patrol agents had been warning lawmakers about foreign nationals on the terror watch list getting in. So, see, it's not just four. I don't believe this just for. I think this is just what they're throwing to the media to shut them up. Four people on a terror watch list, my left foot. No, thanks. I don't buy that. You saw it in their eyes, McCarthy said. They talked about it. They're on the list. McCarthy said migrants were coming in from, listen to this, Yemen, China, Sri Lanka, and Iran. Oh, you thought it was just people from Central to South America, huh? The Border Patrol agents arrested 11 Iranian citizens in Arizona last month. Last month. Representative John Katko... The ranking member of the House Homeland Security Committee recounted a similar conversation with the Border Patrol official, and he said some of them are on the list. And I said, a list? And he said, yeah, the terror watch list. And I was stunned, and I'd never heard of that before. (laughs) A A guy that sits on the House Homeland Security Committee, and he's never heard of a terror watch list? What's this guy do? What does he do? Like what what qualifies you to sit on that committee, the Homeland Security Committee, if you don't know what a terror watch list is? What does he do? Sit around and play Candy Crush the entire time in, that's, in Congress? Like that's what I'm thinking. Like what 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 do you do? Never heard of that before. You know what? I, I'm sick of this Ivy League crap. The these these people that come out of these colleges and they go right into politics and they know nothing. I wonder if this was a playing into the narrative of, uh, you know, uh, for example, saying, oh, I had no idea that this was a thing like, uh, you know, this that like uh, I'm the victim or I'm, you know, kind of kind of something on those lines. Like I, I'm plausible that I don't know anything about it. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to save his skin so he doesn't lose his lose his reelection campaign. They said that they've seized not just people from Central and South America, but even people from Yemen and places in the Middle East that are terrorism hotbeds. He said, this is the representative that's sitting on the Homeland Security Committee that I'm 
that I'm saying here. Uh, the, isn't that racist to say? What wasn't Trump racist for banning people from those countries, the hot yeah. countries? Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. So this is a very serious problem because well beyond the unaccompanied minors. And it started because this administration changed the policies and basically put an open door sign on the southwest border. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas on Tuesday warned that the U.S. is on track to encounter more migrants in the last 20 years, calling it a difficult situation. Oh, last week it was fine. <laughs> now it's a difficult situation. It's a difficult situation, yeah. They're, yeah. they're refusing yeah. to call this a crisis. They, they won't give the narrative. This is what's so frustrating about this. This is all a game they play. So this is a worse crisis than Trump's seen on the border. But the way the media is spinning it, well, no, this is just a difficulty. Well, if all you're getting is a media narrative, you're not going to see this as a problem. It's all based on how they word it. There is an easy way to solve that problem down there. Finish the wall. And when you get done, you put National Guard from each state on that border. There's your problem solved. That's an easy fix. Or just... Tell them, you come here, we send you back. Well, there is that. Yeah, I mean, that kind of should go without saying. Honestly, uh, I mean, yeah. you know what? Rand Paul, him, Rand, Paul had, Rand Paul had the, uh, the solution about four or five years ago. He said, just cut the benefits. What, what are we doing? Cut the benefits and they will self-deport. We actually yeah. had that under Trump. The benefits were cut. Do you know what was happening for the first time in 50 years? They were self-deporting because there was no money. There was no incentive for, the, for them to come there. So if there's no incentive, why would they go there? Right oh, now, there's an incentive to just get in because there's no deportations. He advertised well, it on the campaign trail. There's no deportations for the first hundred days. Yeah, no, no deportations. And also, by the way, they're wanting to make it legal for uh, an illegal immer- immigrant to take other jobs. So in other words, if you're here, here illegally, they want to give you effectively amnesty and allow you to go in and get any job you want. So no longer is it going to be illegals here taking like the farming jobs, for example, the jobs that you can do under the table and get paid cash with, right? No longer will they take those jobs. Now they'll come in and start taking the better paying jobs. In this case, you know, the the argument the Republicans have been saying the entire time that they're going to come in and take our jobs, that's literally what's going to happen uh, under the Bidens or the Bidens, um, the Obama, uh, God, the Bidens uh, administration. Anything else you want to cover? Oh, yeah, this was this was a fun one. I, I thought kind of going on about the Republicans and how how, you know, they, they, they really care about the country and House Republicans voted in secret to bring back port barrel spending. Oh, that's not um, a problem. Yeah, yeah. They, the GOP decided they wanted to, uh, you know, have have their little pet projects and bills and whatnot, you know, do mm-hmm. the same thing the Democrats have been doing. So, you know, it's no now the Republicans are, are no different than uh, the Democrats. So they're, they're both the same. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, that uh, <laughs> controversies like the wasteful $400 million bridge to nowhere in Alaska fueled a uh, Republican campaign promises decrying federal spending and promising reform. That That's what happened. One of the things uh, with the Tea Party, right? Uh, that's one of the things that we're going against. Uh, congrats. Now uh, the GOP is going to do the same thing. I mean, it, it's time to vote every single this. This was a, an in secret vote. Unless those 84 stand up and say, hey, uh, we weren't one of the ones that voted for this. How do you vote in secret? You vote every single one of them out. How do you vote um, in secret? Uh, basically, there was no, it was a secret ballot. Um, so, oh, okay. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. 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 So uh, I, I vote them all out. All of them. Every single one of them. Unless they come out and say, um, hey, I, I was not 
you know, this is what I voted on this. And unless they come out and say, of course, then you can't trust them because you can't you can't validate it. So I don't know. There, there's a handful that are standing up for the Constitution. If they have a record for standing up to the Constitution against their own party, um, keep them in. But everybody else, nah, you're gone. Vote them out. You know, I'm not exactly sure that there's a way out of the financial uh, jackpot that they've got us in. I- I'm sure I'm not sure that there is a way out, uh, unless unless you somehow, if you can stop the spending, and I mean stop the spending dead cold. We shouldn't be spending anything, nothing. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be cutting checks. We shouldn't be doing any any of this pork barrel garbage. We shouldn't be doing any of this pet project crap. None of it. We shouldn't be doing any of that. We shouldn't be sending out checks to the American people to spend at Walmart on flat screen TVs. We should be opening the economy. That economy should be rocketing at light speed right now in the U.S. and in Europe. And it's not. There's no way to stave off the financial disaster that they are setting up. There's no way to stave that off unless you stop the spending, you stop the money printing, and you triage the bad debt. It's the only way. But see, that's what that's why we're stuck in this great this reset, government. because there's no that's why they're pushing so hard for a reset. That's why when you see Klaus Schwab on TV every time now, you say, we need the great reset. We need great reset right now because they're out of time. They're out of time. They have nothing left in the financial tank when it comes to the bank accounts. There's nothing left. The banks are empty. They, they've robbed all the money and they can't continue to kick that can down the road. They've kicked it as far as it can go. So they, they've got they've got to pull the lever and they've got to pull it now. Otherwise, the market's yeah. about to collapse under its own weight of fraud. Well, yeah, and the government, whenever they pay off bills now, what do they do? Print money. Just print money. Yeah. Just print some they, more money. They're just expanding their balance sheets. That's all they're doing. Yeah. That's all they're yeah. doing. Yeah. It, it's, just, it's, uh, it's financial suicide. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, you guys, American people, you want $4 trillion more? Don't worry about the, you know, the uh, $3.5 trillion that's going to go to our, you know, pet projects. But we'll just print up the money. Actually, Bruce, let's just mint two, uh, two $1 trillion coins. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other one that uh, I just kind of, you know, just just in passing, you know, the uh, uh, Michigan AG says uh, that it would be an abuse of her power to uh, grant GOP requests for an investigation into Gretchen Whitmer's uh, handling of nursing homes. Oh, okay. So she gets away with murder now. Got it. Yeah, yeah. She she gets away with mass murder. Not just I mean, the. This is where you know how you know how the left likes to beat the right over the head with the um, anytime there's a shooting, uh, you know, mass shooting or something like that. Where the hell is the right bashing the the left over the head with this stuff uh, that you had governors that you're defending kill off thousands of elderly? What, what where are the voices on that? Instead, we have what twenty people going after Cuomo for sexual harassment. I'm sorry. Um, Sexual harassment's bad. Uh, you know, it's, it, the, there's one allegation of sexual assault, I believe. Those are terrible. But on on a scale, I rate mass murder far above your sexual harassment claims. That is way worse than your, um, he touched my back. He said, eat the whole sausage. I, I, I'm sorry. Those are, those are peddly compared to killing off people. Um, so... I would like to see, I, I really would like to see something done on this. And I, I honestly, eat I think the these sausage. people are going to eat the whole yeah. sausage. <laughs> eat the whole sausage. Oh, 
what a yeah. what a terrible what a terrible line what a terrible line all it's right it's creepy it, it's it, it bad, is it is creepy it's not yeah. sexual harassment no it's not but now guess what there's like 20 women that have come out now against him so it's like he, he's sitting here fighting off allegations and then all of a sudden they've got like you know 10 more that just pop up out of nowhere and yeah all right we're out of time we are gonna have to go today so thank you for sitting down today bruce for those of you who have not signed up to our telegram channel yet please do get over there and get signed up to us we're looking to possibly set up another platform in the coming days because we know the podcasting censorship is going to be coming under fire very soon. We're not exactly sure when that's going to be, but now you've got companies that are stepping forward and they're saying, we need to rewrite the rules of the internet because the ones we use now are just outdated. So yeah. And who do you think is going to rewrite those rules? Yeah. It's going to be the people that are going to cut all of us out. That's who that's going to rewrite those rules. So in the meantime, be ahead of the curve. Get over to Telegram, get signed up, get signed up to our Telegram channel. Just search for us when you get there. Search for Dynamic Independence, where a public channel will pop right up. Click join. You'll be subscribed to us. You get all of our content we put out here every day. And you'll also get an exclusive podcast that we do once a week only for our Telegram subscribers. Also, we do have a lot of new Telegram subscribers. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you all for signing up. Thank you all for subscribing. We hope you enjoy the content that you're getting. Welcome to all of you. Thank you all very much. It means a lot to us. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and associates we are trying to grow here as much as possible but we do need your help in order to do that so if you could pass this along we would appreciate that we're available everywhere you get your podcasts also if you're rating podcasts if you give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience we would appreciate that as well five stars would be a plus thank you very much all right bruce thank you for sitting down today thank you to all the listeners that'll do it for today everyone have a great evening